welcome to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm an ADHD and executive functions coach with over 10 years experience. And my passion is finding ways to tilt the playing field in favor of ADHD brain wiring and sharing those tips and tools here with you in the hopes that they do the same in your life. I am recording solo today. My trusty sidekick, my assistant Becca, is um, not in. I've been sick this week, so I'm kind of recording on a different schedule, and um, I probably need her here more than I normally would even need her because I'm still recovering from my, uh, like, the flu. Not COVID, but the flu, and it just knocked me out. So probably hear it if you're listening to this, if you can see me showing up with what I have from where I am doing what I can do. That's all I can do. All right, guys, this is episode 93. And I'm going to always start with a celebration. And that will be no different today. I'm going to I have a garden win that I'm going to celebrate, which I'm very excited about. And then my ADHD friendly lens is a quote that is my quote. And I'm just going to share how I use it to support myself, especially in times like this week where I, you know, not felt well. And I had to adjust um, some of my expectations of myself and um, I fell back on my quote. So I wanted to share it. And then my topic today is summer sad. We are in the dog days of summer. What does that even mean? I don't know what that saying means. Um, I, I love my dogs and I think my dogs actually help me to tolerate summer, but I, I get distracted. Um, I'm going to be talking about something called summer sad. So if it's something that, um, if summer isn't your favorite um, time of year, which you're in the minority, if it's not, um, I just wanted to share some information on what summer sad is. And sad is the um, seasonal affective disorder that is the opposite of what most people know about, which is winter seasonal affective disorder. And then as always, at the end, I will give some highlights of what's coming up in next week's episode of ADHD Friendly. Well, then jump in with my celebration and I've got a picture. So if you're listening to this on, um, listening to this podcast and you want to check out the visuals, I invite you to hop on over to the ADHD Friendly podcast on YouTube to check out all the visuals that are shared in this episode. So I'm going to start with my garden celebration. If you've been listening to any of my previous episodes, I've shared my challenges with gardening. It's really difficult for my um, ADHD brain to keep up with the different tasks of gardening to keep my vegetables from dying. I'm always very hopeful and enthusiastic at the beginning of the year. I love to buy the plants and get them in the ground and even water them for a bit. And then I tend to forget about them as it gets hotter. And that's definitely one of my challenges, which is why I'm tying it in with this episode where I'm gonna be talking about summer sad. Um, I don't deal with the heat well. So I, you know, once it gets above a certain temperature, I I resist going outside and then I just can't motivate myself to think about it. It's like they're out of state, out of mind. And the next time we have a break in the weather and I go look at them, they're dead. And it's just been a real struggle. Well, number of things have come together to finally work this year, I've produced my first edible tomatoes, two little tiny cherry tomatoes. 
um, which was so exciting and so much fun. So I now can say I've successfully grown edible food, which is a huge, huge win for me. Um, 15 at least years in the making of trying to grow something I could eat. I have been watching my, all I planted this year was a couple of tomato plants, like one cherry tomato plant, one regular slicing tomato plant, four pepper plants and one cucumber plant. And then in the back, I have a jalapeno plant in a little, you know, raised pot. That's it. I have a couple of peppers growing. They're supposed to be yellow and red peppers right now. They're very, very green. So I'm assuming they're going to turn again. I don't know. I've not reached this point before where I actually produced anything. Usually the plants got eaten by something else or I killed them inadvertently or something. So they actually have some decent sized peppers on them. But the cucumber plant has just had flowers for weeks. And I looked it up and everything I read, it sounded like I should have been having, you know, seeing some cucumbers at this point since it's been so long since the flowers were there. And I didn't know if they just weren't getting pollinated or if I needed to fertilize in some way. Again, I don't know. I've never reached this point and I'm not, you know, kind of knowledgeable about gardening. Well, because I was sick, I wasn't able to go out there and look at them for three days, like at all. And the last time I looked, there was just flowers. And then when I went back, when I was able to get outside and look, I found this guy's holding up a picture here. It is a full on cucumber. It is like grown out of nothingness. It's there. I, I was like literally finding a nugget of gold. Like I couldn't believe it. I was so stinking excited, probably disproportionately for you know, what it is, but okay. That that's my emotional dysregulation in the happy side. You know, I always say like emotional dysregulation doesn't just happen with negative emotions. It can happen with happy emotions. And that's sometimes dysregulation that can be uncomfortable. If it's like around other people that are like, all right, Patty, like dial it back. It's not that exciting. Well, that little burst of, of a win carried me through all day. Like it literally was like, oh my gosh, I did it. I'm growing a friggin' cucumber. I'm so excited. So I just had to share that win. And then I also wanted to share a quote. So I'm going to pivot here um, because this again ties to um, what I know works to get started. A lot of times we get in our heads and we you know, have lots of self-talk that collects evidence along the way of what we can't do. And it's why I'm a big, big proponent of having a success journal um, to remind us of what we what we did succeed with. So we can go back and tap into that to challenge that negative self-talk and have evidence of successes to push back and go, no, 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 wait a minute. This didn't work out, but that doesn't mean nothing ever works out for me. And so this, this quote from James Clear really resonated with me, especially as I shared a couple of episodes ago, I launched my new um, membership platform, ADHD Friendly on ADHDfriendly.com. So if that interests you, I invite you to check it out. So here's the quote finish something, anything, stop researching, planning, and preparing to do the work and just do the work. It doesn't matter how good or how bad it is. You don't need to set the world on fire with your first try. You just need to prove to yourself that you have what it takes to produce something. There are no artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, or scientists who became great by half finishing their work. Stop debating what you should make and just make something. I had this hung up on my desk and it reminded me to just launch. I was, I've been planning the platform for years. It was completely intimidating to me to do something. I had no idea. I still have no idea um, what it's going to look like and if it's going to resonate and if people will um, 
connect with it the way that I'm really hoping because it's all literally designed around, is it ADHD friendly? Is it you know coming at solving everyday problems that people with ADHD wired brains face with ADHD friendly solutions? And if it doesn't, I don't want it on there. And if it does, I want to figure out how to continue to improve it so that it continues to be even more accessible and more um, connecting to everyday challenges in ways that create open possibilities. So I just wanted to share that quote and celebrate that it was a tool that helped me to launch the podcast. So there, a dual celebration as I kick off. I had to build up some energy, guys. I'm like fighting coughing <laughs> as I talk. Um, all right, next up, the ADHD-friendly lens for this week. So everybody um, that knows a bit about ADHD brain wiring knows about how big of a challenge black and white thinking is and how it can really, um, it's that all or nothing thinking and it can really get in the way in a lot of different areas of our lives every day. And so to break out of this, my mantra is always something is more than nothing. So when I got sick, um, this weekend, it threw me off my walking routine. So I have to um, celebrate that I broke my streak of walking and being outside at least 23 minutes every single day in 2023 um, on July. I forget the date now. It was middle of, middle of July, you know, where I, where I am. I can't even think of what today's date is. And um, it really was difficult. Like I remember I laid in bed, I had 102 fever and I kept trying to, you know, wait out the day to see, well, maybe I'll feel well enough to still get out there because I hadn't missed a single day. And it was really interesting how strong the pull is when to, when to not break the chain. But the reality was I had to give myself permission to, to not do it because I was genuinely too sick to do it. But I'm so connected to how much my brain is all or nothing wired. I was terrified that if I didn't do it, it was going to just send me into that. Well, that's it. The street's done and I'm not going to walk anymore. I'm just not going to do it. I've had a lot of evidence in the past that that's what I do. So it was partly why I was pushing myself to try to keep the goal, but the 23 was too much and I just couldn't do it. So I didn't do it for two days. I was completely unable to. And then the next couple of days, I did a very modified, like I just walked around the yard for 23 minutes and looked at my plants and, you know, I didn't like do a full on like energetic walk, but I allowed myself to modify it. As long as I was outside moving around for 23 minutes, it, it counted. Um, and so that led me back to my mantra of something is more than nothing. So being outside for 23 minutes while moving around is still more than if I don't go outside at all and don't move my body in any way that helps me to get some exercise and, and some blood flow and, and build up some of the positive neurochemicals in my brain. So I wanted to highlight how, the, how I use this when my brain is often, I'm either gonna do it or I'm not gonna do it. And I always wanna highlight, how do we break through and find a plan B, an option other than all of it or none of it. And so maybe if I you know, can't do a full on workout or a full thing, two minutes, is more than no minutes or reading one page of something is more than if I don't pick up a book or read anything at all. Um, 
if I look at like a whole, uh, right now my flower beds are just filled with weeds. I don't know what happened, but when I, and it, it didn't happen just while I was sick, but surely these things were starting to grow and I wasn't keeping up with it. But in the, you know, five or six days since I've been sick, oh my gosh, it's rained finally. And the weeds are overwhelming. I could do none of it. Or I could pull one weed. One weed is more than no weeds. And maybe I just, you know, every day if I just go out whenever I walk the dogs and pull a weed, it's moving it further along than if I didn't do it at all. So again, we tend to shut ourselves down when we expect ourselves to do it all, but something is more than nothing. So, and the other place that I'll just acknowledge this is I am still kind of an old school stickler for writing a hand thank you note when I receive a gift and I want my you know kids and uh, family to do the same whenever possible. But I also know I've not sent out my kids thank you notes that they've written in the past. I shared this before um, because I have such a hard time mailing things. So sometimes if I need to, I've had to acknowledge something is more than nothing and a text is more than if I don't end up mailing anything. So I'd rather text somebody and say thank you or give them a call and say, hey, I just wanted to thank you for your thoughtful blank. Is so much better than expecting myself to sit down and write a thank you note and then still holding out to do that until it reaches the point that it's too late and now I'm really uncomfortable and all of that. So um, a thank you text is better than no thank you note or no thank you or acknowledgement of any kind. So my mantra, something is more than nothing, is my ADHD friendly lens for this week. All right, on to the main topic. Summer SAD. So SAD, S-A-D, stands for Seasonal Affective Disorder. And most people um, know of its counterpart, which is winter SAD. And up to 5% of the population experiences winter SAD, which happens when the days are short and sunlight is more scarce. SAD of either type, winter or summer, um, in its extreme version, alters the, your day-to-day -day life significantly. So I want to begin by acknowledging if this is impacting you to that point and you're struggling with mental health challenges, depression, high levels of anxiety, to definitely call um, on your doctor and professional um, to get some professional help for managing it because it is a real challenge. I'm going to be talking about more of like the, what would be like the lighter version, if you will, the um, seasonal blues, which, you know, in the winter, it's like wintertime blues. I'm going to be talking about the summer blues. So while 5% of the population identifies with winter time affective disorder, 1% of the population experiences the opposite which is summer sad, or it's also known as reverse sad. And it emerges as the weather warms up and the skies get sunnier. Researchers believe that the key variables linked to summer sad are heat and humidity. Too much heat impacts the body's ability to regulate and can impact the brain chemistry of dopamine and norepinephrine. There's no link here with specifically ADHD, but when I researched this, I literally wrote in the margin, is there a link with this with ADHD? Because we know that those neurotransmitters are impacted with ADHD brain wiring. So I found that really interesting. Um, I have struggled with this for as long as I've lived in the South and people would always tell me, oh, you'll get used to the heat. You'll, you know, in no time, it won't bother you. I have never gotten used to the heat. I've lived in the South for more than half my life. 
And it has always been something I don't tolerate well at any point, no matter where I am, I don't like the heat. So um, to see this research was very validating that it's a real thing. Cause I used to always say, I have the opposite. I have, I have, I have like summer um, it, before I knew it was even something that was a term, I would say I have, you know, season affective disorder in the summer. Um, but I just kind of said it without any evidence or any, you know, knowing that there was any research out there, it was just something I knew I always really struggled with. And um, one other piece of research I found was according to Kelly Rohan, who is a professor of psychological science at the University of Vermont, she said that pollen is another possible player that contributes to summer sad. And I'm going to quote her here. She says, it can trigger an inflammatory reaction and the inflammatory response crosses the blood brain barrier and contributes to negative mood states. Yeah, I am very cranky in the summertime when I get hot. Um, we moved to Chicago five years ago. One of the main reasons I said yes, because I didn't want to leave North Carolina. I loved where we lived. Our kids were really happy where we lived. They loved the schools they were in. I felt really connected to my community, which is something that I struggle to you know, make connections and to maintain them. So I was giving up a lot of things that I'd worked really hard to establish for myself. I liked our neighborhood. I mean, I just loved everything except the heat. And the heat in Raleigh, North Carolina is around for about half the year. You're in pretty uncomfortable heat pretty consistently. So for you know at least five, almost six months out of the year, I was pretty unhappy weather wise, not, you know, everything else, just, I didn't feel like I could get out and exercise. I didn't feel like I could be outside long without getting a headache and just feeling fatigued and irritable. And, um, when we moved to Chicago, when this opportunity came for my husband with his job, the only thing that I, that I was really interested in was escaping the heat and having a true winter, because I've always loved winter. And what I didn't realize, because we moved here in June, five years ago, what I was immediately surprised by that first summer here was even though we had days where it was hot and humid, they were nowhere near as frequent as they were in Raleigh and they didn't go on as long. Um, in Raleigh, it was like, once you hit you know 87 and it was humid, it kind of hung. and most of the time we'd go into the nineties and maybe the low would get down to like 77, 78 overnight. It was just always hot and humid. And there was really like no reprieve. And it was just, hang. it was like this heat dome. It would just be there. And in Chicago, you do get stretches of a heat wave, but there's always hope for a break. And that just wasn't there in Raleigh. So it was almost like this, like oppressive feeling of, oh my gosh, there's no end in sight. We're here. It's, oh my gosh. It, it, it might be over in five days and it really has a chance where in Raleigh, I never even believed it that they forecasted it because it just seemed like by the time you got closer to that break in the weather, it wouldn't happen. Something would happen to, you know, kind of hold the, the heat in place. So I have been shocked at how much, even though I knew I wasn't happy in the heat, I really didn't understand how much it was impacting me because I'd lived there for so long. It was just my normal living here. It became very clear. I can't live in the South. I just can't tolerate it. it. It has made such a difference in my quality of life. I garden and apparently I enjoy it. 
I walk every day. Like I go outside and I really enjoy being outside. I love the stinking cold. I love the winter. I, I, I just love it. And when the, when the calendar here turns to March, which in Raleigh would be the beginning of my anxiety kind of shooting up because it was just, oh gosh, here we go. It's going to start getting warmer and there's, you know, months and months ahead. It, I don't really mind turning to March in here. I don't mind. It's almost, you know, because it's so cold in the winter, it's like, oh, there'll be a nice little spring and then it will be summer, but it won't be summer forever before it turns to this beautiful fall. So I don't find myself getting anxious and, and apprehensive about it the same way. And it's just changed my life. I just love it here so much. The weather here just makes such a difference. So about me, sorry, I've gone on. Um, what I wanted to share now are some common symptoms that they've, I did, this is from Forbes Health and common symptoms of summertime sad are agitation, restlessness, anxiety, depressed, or I'm sorry, decreased appetite, weight loss, difficulty sleeping, and violent behavior. When I read this, I literally immediately connected to, I've shared, I have four kids. Two of my kids were born in the winter months. Two of my kids were born in the summer months. My two kids born in the winter months were one half to one pound heavier than my two kids born in the summer months because I just never felt good. I was hot and uncomfortable. And I, I never knew appetite when I wasn't pregnant. When I was pregnant, it was even worse. And my, my fourth, who was born in the middle of August was my lightest baby, five pounds, 15 ounces by more than a pound. It was like the worst time of year for, I think for me to be pregnant, I just don't tolerate the heat well. So I thought that was really interesting because that immediately resonated with me. I feel like I have evidence from my child, my children's birth weights. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. It was just really validating to see this research. And I wanted to share some strategies. So if you do live somewhere where it's hot or you are being impacted by the heat, because I know it's everywhere now, like it, it's, it's in Seattle, Washington, like in places where normally it doesn't get that hot. So some, some strategies that were suggested are to take cool baths or showers, to swim in a cold lake. If you live someplace where you have a cold lake, hopefully you're not in a place where there's gonna be a long, long, long uh, heat dome over you. Wear dark sunglasses. Go to places that have air conditioning when it's hot outside. Get enough sleep because this really can impact your sleep. So getting enough sleep is imperative. Um, talk to a doctor or therapist if this is really impacting you to the level that you might need some additional support. Eat a well-balanced diet and exercise regularly. Um, my other suggestion, move somewhere cooler if that's possible. Um, I keep joking that it's not quite cold enough here. We need to go further north. Um, the um, thing that I wanted to really just highlight is acknowledge your experience. Even before there was research, I knew I didn't tolerate the summer weather well and that it wasn't in my head. It literally made me not feel well. And I just did what I had to do to be able to tolerate it. So um, acknowledge your experience as your own and find what allows you to tolerate it with more ease so that again, you're able to navigate from a place of ADHD friendly approaches because they work for you. Okay, let's recap. And I, I hope this, this thread has come through. I apologize. I'm still like in a brain fog from um, just being completely out from being sick. All right. 
started at the beginning with my dual celebration where I grew some, I'm growing some cucumbers. Um, and I shared the quote about, you know, just starting something, just start getting out of that perfectionism, which led into the ADHD friendly lens. Something is more than nothing. We often, you know, want to wait until we can do the whole thing or we won't do anything at all. So something is more than nothing is just one of the mantras that works for me. So I'm just putting it out there to share with you in case it's something that would support you. And then my topic for today, summer sad, and I shared some strategies to try to minimize the impact of the heat because it's a hot summer and we're only in the middle of it. Um, next week coming up in the ADHD friendly episode, I'm going to be talking about boredom and why boredom is like kryptonite to ADHD wired brains. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for staying to the end. If you're still here for checking it out, for coming back each week, for subscribing, for your support, for your energy, for everything, because it literally drives me to look for more tools and resources to share. Um, so just thank you so much for what you do to make what I do so fulfilling. Until next time, tally ho.